Welcome to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, your host for the show, and we are so excited. It's almost football season. Uh, the Gators are opening up September 3rd against Utah, who's ranked in the top 10, I think number 7, and uh, they're actually a two-point favorite coming into the swamp, so how about that? Uh, we got ourselves a real ball game. It used to be that uh, you had nothing but cupcakes on the first game of the season, and uh, I think we've won uh, something like uh, 32 of our last 33 home games, so this is uh, a great uh departure from uh, tradition. So we're going to see what happens. But Melvin Law is giving away two great seats to uh, the Utah game, along with a $100 gift certificate to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, where we're broadcasting from now. You can see Steve Spurrier's helmets behind me. And uh, we're very excited that uh, the Billy Napier era is finally ready to commence. So uh, all you Gator fans there, uh, let's get going and uh, support our Gators and show them that uh, we can fill the stands and we can uh, create some uh, energy uh, around Gator football that's been uh, lacking in the last uh, several years. Anyhow, a couple other events going on. Gator Volleyball, top 15 team in the country. They're always good under Mary Wise for 30 years. Mary has led one of the top programs in the country. And we're giving away uh, four tickets uh, and a two-pack of tickets for all of the Gator matches for the big opening. They're having a volleyball tournament August 26 and 27, this coming Saturday and Friday. So uh, check on that. And August 30th, Stanford, which uh, won five out of six national championships uh, from 2012 until 2017, uh, is coming to town. And we've got a four-pack of tickets for the Stanford match, along with a $50 gift certificate to Harry's Bar and Grill. And finally... Uh, we've got uh, the Hippodrome Theater, a very cool play, Fahrenheit 451. Uh, those of you who are old enough, you'll remember the book. Uh, it's a very exciting show, and getting the Hippodrome Theater back in action is, uh, is always fun. Uh, we had a great time last week at the Riley Auditorium in Ocala, and you need to check out the Riley. They're always having good shows. We had the... Uh, Tom Petty tribute band, Wildflowers there last week, and what a turnout. There, uh, the place was packed. Meldon Law had a big party uh, before the show, and uh, everybody really enjoyed two, two uh, very, very good acts uh, performed that night. And if, for those of you that haven't seen the Riley, it's an awesome auditorium, holds about 700 people, uh, very, very uh uh, well-designed, and it's been renovated substantially in recent years. So I'm touting the Riley. Just go online, Riley uh, Center, uh, Ocala, and you'll see everything uh, that's going on. So uh, that's a little bit of what's going on as far as uh, our world. I will also mention that, uh, you know, we have our radio show that's entering the 25th year I'm sorry, 20th year. 20th year is starting uh, September of 2022. Uh, we'll be on the sky for continuous every Saturday morning at 10.30 on 97.3 The Sky. Listen to Melden uh, Law Talk. You'll, uh, you'll really enjoy it. There's a lot of fun things that go on at that show as well. And as far as 25th anniversary, September starts the 25th anniversary of the Meldon Law Scholar-Athlete of the Week Award that we co-partner with uh, TV20 on. So uh, check that out. And if you know an outstanding senior high school scholar-athlete from the uh, North Central Florida area, please uh, either go to TV20, and they have a, a link on there for uh, the Scholar Athlete, or go to Melden Law, and you'll find the link on our webpage. 
uh, nominate your Scholar Athlete of the Week. And at the end of the year in May, we have a big banquet at the Hilton Hotel, and uh, we'll choose our Scholar Athletes of the Year, one male and one female. So it's a big deal, and this is our 25th anniversary, so uh, check it out. Anyhow, uh, we are very, very excited to have our first guest today, uh, a famous uh, aspiring musician, Quincy Allen Flint. How are you doing today, Quincy? I'm doing great. Can, now, is you this go coming by for, Quincy? Yes, for sir. For your friends? For my friends, they can call me Quincy. For the music folks, they can call me Quincy Allen Flint or Quincy, whatever works. Okay, well, good. Now, um, I understand that uh, you've jumped into uh, music and you're uh, take, starting to take it seriously, right? That is right. Let me say before we get kicked off, congratulations on 20 and 25 years. That's really great. The radio, the radio show is great and the scholarship. That's really great work. Um, but, yeah, you were saying, how did I get kicked off? Is that right? Well. With music? How did well? Kind of what I was interested in is, you know, I'm reading your bio, and uh, your career kind of started with, uh, you know, the advent of uh, COVID hitting us all, right? Yeah, that's right. So I did start writing music at the very beginning of COVID nineteen. So I stopped going to work in March 2020, and I was still doing work at home. I don't know if I was as productive as I was, you know, back when I was at work, but I found that I had a little spare time on my, my hands when I wasn't, normally I would have been driving to work. I think a lot of people ended up making bread. I don't know if you were one of those people, my girlfriend. <laughs> we cooked a lot. <laughs> my girlfriend liked doing bread and embroidery, but I found that I uh, really dug my heels into doing music. I'd been playing music locally for Maybe six months, I started going to the open mic at the Bull. That's our second guest, is Jacob Larson. I've been going there for about six months, playing just covers, and I was not very good. I might be the first to tell you, but I probably wouldn't be the last. And then COVID hit, and I said, what the heck? I'm going to try writing a song. And I wrote my first one in March, and it, uh, it was kind of addicting. I wrote one, and then a couple months passed by, and I wrote... A flurry more, and now I've recently written my 45th song, so I'm closing in on close to 50 now. Now, I understand you're an engineer by background, right? That's right. I am an engineer. <laughs> I, uh, I came to UF in 2015 to study electrical engineering at UF, and I received my doctorate in May. And uh, since of what year? May of this year. 2022? That's you, right. You got a PhD in electrical engineering? Yes, sir. You're smart as hell then, because I, I, I can't even read the books. <laughs> you know, for me, it's fun. I grew up, my mom is a math teacher. I grew up doing that kind of thing. It's what I like to do, but I've found uh, that music is a new passion of mine, and it's kind of taken over my life. I now do engineering part-time instead of music part-time, and music takes up uh, most of my my work life now well that's exciting you know i went on your website uh and checked it out i listened to uh, uh sing me a song uh cool and i thought that was uh i like the words you know i thought it was it, it was an engaging song i like the music i like the words how did you come about writing that so that's sing me a song thank you for listening and thanks for taking note um sing me a song you know, sometimes you write them and they really mean something special to you and you can remember where you were and why you wrote it. That's not one of those. That's one of those ones I I don't really remember how that one came about, but uh, I was picking a little further up the neck than I normally do and I had a faster melody in mind and uh, it just kind of came, you know. They come and go like the wind sometimes if you're in the right spot at the right time and you have a pencil, you can... You can come away with a song. Sometimes they come to you, and they just go in one ear and out the other. It's kind of a mystery sometimes. So you write with a, a, pen, a pen or a pencil? Half the time, half the time. I mean, this is 2022, so the other half of the time I, I write on my phone. You know, I'm just somewhere, I think, that's a good line. So I'll make a note of it. I get home, and the pen and paper's great. I've actually found that for me, I like using a computer, you know, being able to delete your lines is quicker, Okay, if it matters. 
So, so you use both. Sometimes you, you'll do pen to paper, and sometimes you'll do the computer. That's right. Okay. Well, do, is one facilitate writing better than the other? I think uh, not really. I mean, I've found recently that I prefer the computer just because I can very quickly get my ideas onto paper. But it just depends on where I am and what I have at my disposal at the time. Well, that's kind of interesting. I I certainly use a computer to do a lot of my writing. However, I'm still old school enough to have a a legal pad and a pen or a pen, usually a pen, not a pencil. And uh, I just, I'm just, uh, you know, one of those folks that likes to, uh, get inspired by putting the uh, pen to the paper. Old-fashioned. I don't know if it's old-fashioned. Well, you've got your legal pad, and they have engineering paper. I don't know if you know that, but there's special engineer paper, and that's what I, I tell, have around my house. So tell us what engineering paper looks like. Well, your your paper is yellow, I assume. Yes. Engineering paper is slightly less yellow. It's still yellow, and... Uh, where you have horizontal lines, this has horizontal lines and vertical lines, kind of like a grid. So you can graph things? So you can graph things, and if you have ugly handwriting like a lot of engineers, you can be sure that you stay within the lines. It's, it's nice paper. Okay, I need to get me some of that. You do? I'll get you some. <laughs> I'll get you a path. So anyhow, you know, as an um, aspiring uh, songwriter, uh, and I, I was very impressed to see that it, uh, last year you were nominated for Songwriter of the Year by the Songwriter Showcase of America. Um, and tell us a little bit how that evolved. Well, you know, sometimes it's not always clear how these things, I guess that's my answer so far for a lot of these. But uh, that was one I ended up playing at a music festival down in South Florida or uh what was it called? It was in Deland, Florida. And just as part of their uh, festival procedures, they have awards. And so they have awards for best new artist, best artist of this variety, and best songwriter. And I was nominated for this award, and I didn't win it, but uh, I was nominated for it. And when you're nominated for a nice award like that, it belongs on your website. I got it. <laughs> and you're also um, uh, signed with Painted Lady Records. Is that correct? That's right. That's a small, uh, growing music label in town called Painted Lady Records. Small independent. There's only four artists on it. And I'm one of them. I'm working on my, my first album right now. And the end is in sight, but it's not in, uh, it's not a near sight. You know, it's something further off. But that's something I'm excited to be involved with, you know, to help uh, bring my music to a wider audience. So how is um, Painted Lady distribute music? I mean, is it mostly digital, that uh, it's distribution, or, or are there still, uh, you know, uh, I, I know some people collect vinyl. Um, that's right. T- tell us a little bit about what your vision is as far as how, you know, how to get your music out there. Well, this is probably the same sort of problem any musician has. And I'm not sure exactly what model the record label will adopt or is using right now. Um, I think nowadays, for somebody to enter into an industry, you know, uh, the upfront costs are probably a major hurdle. And so I think that the ability to do online distribution is a major boon to anybody wanting to share their music on a, on a wide scale. But I also think that anybody who wants to be able to kind of make a living out of this will go out and they'll probably print vinyl and CDs. The up, I don't know all the exact numbers, but when you're on Spotify, you have to have a certain number of plays to make money, right? And it's a very small amount of money you get per play. Whereas if you sell one vinyl record, maybe it costs you $15, and you could sell it for 20 bucks, and that $5 is really just... Uh, the margin that a, a musician can come away with, and $5 maybe isn't a bunch, but it's better than maybe 5 million plays on Spotify. <laughs> well, And it's I, something people can take away and say, look, I really have something to show for this guy I saw. Well, I, I'm, uh, I am a big fan of Spotify. 
Um, and I, you know, the thing I love about Spotify is you're actually paying for the music. I think it's 10 or 12 bucks a month, something like that. And I feel like I'm not stealing music. In the old days, I'd go and buy CDs. And before that, I bought uh, cassettes. And before that, I bought cartridges. And before that, I bought vinyl. And I felt like I was contributing to the success of the artist. Uh, now you can really get anything anywhere. You can go on YouTube and find just about any artist and play the music for free. But with Spotify, you actually get the entire album presented to you. And I find that um, to be uh, terrific. You know, I think so, too. I think it's made the marketplace for music more efficient. Um, there's more competition, and so only the, the best really rise up. And... Uh, but it's made it available for everybody to share their music. And if you like a music artist that you'd never heard before, you can go out and you like the CD. People are even making cassette tapes now, by the way. And if you thought, <laughs> man, that was something of the 80s and 90s, you're wrong. They're bringing it back, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my, I work out uh, three days a week. Uh, and uh, we use our garage as our gym. And my wife and I have a trainer and we work out. And so I always... Uh, pick my Spotify music for this for our workout session, you know, and, uh, you know, I have an eclectic taste, you know, uh, and it's amazing how much music is available now online. Uh, Pandora, Spotify, um, a gazillion other um, places to consume music. Um, and you're right. It offers an opportunity for new artists to get into the marketplace and expose expose your music, your songwriting to other folks. Uh, however, it's no different than 60 years ago when you still needed to try to figure out how am I going to get uh, get a buzz going on uh, for this music. So what are some of the ideas you have as far as how to popularize uh, your your music? Well, I don't have any major ambitions of being a, a household name. It's It's not really something, unless you're Bob Dylan, I don't think many people pay all that much attention to the type of music I make. And I don't mean that in any negative way. I just mean that I want to have my expectations set to where uh, I'd like to make music that uh, people enjoy. I hope that people do find something of value in my music. Uh, but I really got into it not as a business mindset, but with rather a mindset of a creative outlet for myself. So at the end of the day, I, I really write the songs because it's something I like to do. Okay, well, that's out of the way. That's the way the songs come about. How do I market them? I do, uh, I do make videos, and I share them on YouTube occasionally. That's something that takes a lot of work to get going. I've also been working on my album. I think that via YouTube, Spotify, that sort of thing, is the most effective way of getting it out there. Another thing that I do that happens to be good for my music career is my involvement with these community music events that I've been doing over the last couple of years. They've really taken off in the last six months to eight months. So I've been organizing local music events, and I bring artists from all around the state. These have been mostly free events. They've all been free events so far. And um, that's one of those ways where I can build a name for myself in the community just because I wanted to be involved with the community, but it happens to be good for getting my name. That's how I'm involved with this podcast. And maybe there's a couple people that say, that guy's got a nice uh, T-shirt on, and maybe I'll try his music or something. Well, I'll tell you, you're in the right town. As far as fostering uh, musicians, you know, Gainesville has a long history. Um, I, did you know there were nine members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame from Gainesville? I, I didn't know that, and I'm trying to think if I could think of them, but I could think well, of at least here, one. Well, you got Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, so that, that's five right there. Is that right? Yeah. And then, okay, that makes it easier. Okay, and now there's Bob, there's um, Bo, Bo Diddley. Diddley. Okay, so now you're up to six. Stephen Stills oh, is yeah. seven, okay? And eight or nine are two members of the Eagles. 
uh, Bernie Ladin and Don Felder. That's right. I think I. That's great. And uh, I actually saw Stephen Stills get his honorary doctorate here at UF in 2018 while I was receiving my master's degree. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I think the music school, there's a Stephen Stills room. Uh, that oh. he donated to the School oh, really? of Music here in Gainesville. But he used to sell Coca-Colas at uh, the stadium when he was a kid and, uh, you wow. know, uh, has, has a, spent some time here uh, during his uh, career. So uh, the, I think Gainesville, because it's a, a large college town in the south, uh, has uh, kind of the special recipe for uh, creating a, a musical environment where people are uh, well received. Yeah, that certainly is true. I mean, it's uh, it's a large university. It's not a large town. Um, whereas you look at places like Jacksonville, and the music kind of just happens because there are so many people that want to get involved. Gainesville is wonderful, and there's always a revolving uh, kind of people, the audience members and things like that. But it doesn't just happen out of the blue, you know. It, we've got the recipe for good things, but it does take kind of grassroots movements to keep that sort of thing going. I mean, the, the city has done a lot of great things with the Bo Diddley stage, bringing the free Friday concerts. I think that's amazing. And you've also got, well, more of grassroots things. That's government. But you have people like uh, Music GNV. There's a guy named Brandon Telg who's done a really a lot of wonderful things for supporting artists and getting their names out, like you mentioned before. He's been a real asset to the community. I know that Meldon Law has been a supporter of things like that. Now, I'm only aware of it in the last few months, but it turns out you've been doing it for decades. And so it's not just, I know what you're saying, it's not just the town, it's the people. You know, it's uh, its people that want to take up the mantle and carry on. <laughs> have you uh, been listening to Wombat Radio at all? I have, yes. <laughs> Isn't I, that cool? I love what they do. <laughs> They played one of my songs on it, and they I felt did? very great. They did. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So for those of you that don't know, Wombat Radio is 90.1 FM, and uh, it's, a, it's a very uh, chilled-out station. They uh, play all kinds of music, uh, and it, it, I wouldn't uh, pigeonhole it as any kind of music. It's very, yeah. very – I mean, uh, I think it's uh, Saturday morning is jazz morning, and then they have blues and some certain other days, and they have – but during the regular session, they're just playing all, a very eclectic uh, group of music. They really do, and, and what's more is they even make a point of playing local musicians. So we're not all out there selling thousands of albums, but there are some really wonderful musicians that are local, and they've found their way onto the airwaves. And, uh, and one of my music friends even hosts one of their shows, Across the Prairie, by uh, it's Kathy DeWitt that does that. But yeah, they're great. Kathy. They're real. You know, <laughs> I know Kathy. I've known Kathy Dewitt since 1970. Wow. So uh, yeah, and the patchwork. She, I met her and her husband at the time, Jim, uh, when I moved to Gainesville, and she was part of the music scene back then. And uh, very beautiful voice, really accomplished musician, and uh, she was she was a great musician 50 years ago. So. She's a great musician and, and a great asset to our community. She really has kept it going, and she's taken people under her wing, you know, and she's even involved, or she was involved at uh, the Arts and Medicine Program, too. <clears throat> yes, and the, are, are you familiar? The Arts and Medicine Program is phenomenal here. It really is. That's one of those things, well, maybe it's easy to overlook how important it is to have somebody that kind of can provide a service for you when you're out in the hospital and in need, and uh, that's that's a beautiful thing they do. So uh, the arts and medicine program um, was um, started here many, many years ago. Uh, a friend of mine, Mary Rockwood Lane, uh, was instrumental in getting it started um, along with uh, a number of other great artists, um, and um, they incorporated music into the healing of patients at the UF Health. It used to be Shands Hospital, but now it's UF Health. But anyhow, um, what an amazing program. It's not just music, but art and uh, all kinds of um, different uh, 
uh, Tina Mullins was I, I can't I can't forget Tina because she she did a lot of the early work. She's still the director out there, I believe. And uh, so Gainesville, uh, with its great local musicians, actually created jobs for people to come into the hospital and brighten the lives uh, of many patients, including uh, young kids who are uh, suffering from. Uh, some of them fatal diseases, and uh, they really uh, brighten their lives. They do a great job. It's uh, now well ingrained in the uh, healing process for uh, patients that come to uh, UF Health. So um, I want to give them a, a shout out. Cause, uh, shout out to them. You know, so you moved to Gainesville in 2015. Yes, sir. So you've been here seven years. You moved here to uh, go to engineering school? That's right. Where did you do your undergrad? I went to a small school in Minnesota, nothing oh. special. It was a small liberal arts school. That's just what uh, people in the north do uh, that kind of thing. Uh, Where in the south, they like the public uh, Are you a Minnesotan? Um, I grew up in South Dakota, but I'm from Dallas. Oh, what part of South Dakota? The east side is a town called Brookings. Mm-hmm. It's home to South Dakota State University, the Jackrabbits. And that's okay. where my mom teaches. Okay. Well, I like it. <laughs> well... Um, it, you know, it, it's certainly um, really um, fascinating to, you know, see your uh, evolution in, in, you know, you move to Gainesville, you get your master's degree, you get your Ph.D., say, oh, well, I'm going to start writing because I got a little bit of time because I don't have to drive all over the place now. And uh, I think COVID really did um, change a lot of people's lives in dramatic ways. That's right. You know, I ended up writing music, and I wanted to tell you this, too, on the podcast while I got your ear, is, uh, you know, I I do play music, but one of the things I've taken a lot of pride in more recently is my ability to facilitate events in which people come and do uh, music. In July, this was last month, Meldon Law helped us sponsor the First Street Folk Festival. It was Square, downtown, Jacob Larson, who's up next owns the bowl and i worked with him to organize this event i went all around town to uh to gain some some dollars to help run our event so that we were able to you know pay the production costs and get our artists paid and things like that melden was our our major sponsor for the event along with a bunch of other great local businesses and it's through the support that we were able to make this possible it's something we want to do again next year and hopefully it will be an annual event It'll help bring people to our town for music. It'll help liven up our community. It went over very well this year in the first event, even though we did it in the dead of summer, and we went through a bit of a rain patch. Uh, we had over three or 400 people come, and uh, it was very well received by the community, and we really are looking forward to doing that again next year. Well, that's great. Did you do it right there on uh, uh, First Avenue? First at First Avenue and First Street. That's right. Yeah, that's a classic uh, area. I know that they blocked it off. That's uh, is right. it still blocked off there? It is currently blocked off. I know there's been some discussion within the city about that. It's currently blocked off, and the restaurants have made use of it. They've put chairs out, and I think that restaurant goers certainly have enjoyed that. Um, and even if it gets unblocked off, maybe we could take one weekend and. And, and block make it, it ours again. Yeah. Well, I think um, the the city of Gainesville is really looking to promote musical events. I know uh, at the end of October and the beginning of November, we've got three weekends where we've got music festivals coming up. That's right. Um, and the for the longest time, I don't know if you knew this, but um, I was Tom Petty's first lawyer, and uh, Tom and I worked on the Mud Crutch Festivals back in 1970. Wow. And uh, 70, it was December of 70 and January of 71. I was with a group called the Candle People because we made candles to make a living. I had my law degree at the time, but uh, we were basically making candles to survive. Anyhow, um, I had more fun putting that uh, festival together. And uh, it kind of grew organically so there's what i would tell you is next year 
you'll do it even better, and you'll have a lot more people show up because the word gets out. Hopefully. Will you be there? I will be there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We got it on record. Uh, you know, if, if uh, we're, we're going to have everybody in town, uh, you know, up to date on uh, what's going on. We're going to take a quick break on Meldon Law and Friends, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your fault. I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This person lives here. This person lives here. New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. We still hear it, the sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melton Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and uh, here to uh, entertain you for uh, the next 30 minutes. We're having a great time here today, a music day. And uh, my guest today is Jacob Larson, owner of The Bull. And we're going to get into that uh, more in a few minutes. I want to remind everybody, go to um, our Melden Law Facebook page, we are giving away tickets for uh, all the athletic events at the University of Florida, including the uh, Utah game. You can get two prime tickets for uh, the Utah game starting at 7 o'clock Saturday, September 3rd, plus a $100 gift certificate to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, where we are currently broadcasting from in the podcast room. And those of you that haven't been out here, it's a trip. What do you think, Jacob? Have you been out here before? This is my first time inside, and I got a tour from Selma and got to see all of the things. Uh, believe it or not, um, make sure you have to wash your hands in the restroom upstairs if you get the chance. <laughs> all the plays that are written out, the wallpaper, former plays that uh, some of Spurrier's favorites, and uh, pretty much every room or wall has something on it that's enticing and uh, really good history. Even if you had never been to Gainesville, just to see the history of of the of, of the Gators and other sports too. Yeah, no, I mean uh, 
Jacob's uh, excitement is, uh, you know, uh, typical of people that have come here for the first time. They go, holy mackerel, this is some place. I mean, we're sitting here in a podcast room dedicated so we can sit around and share ideas with everybody. And, uh, you know, so I really want to thank Spurriers for hosting us and uh, doing a great job. And the food is terrific here. I'm going to try that out. Do you know it's all um, farm to table here? I did not know that. Yes, they're all locally sourced food here. They don't even have a freezer except for the ice cream. Wow. That's good. I know they're uh, a sponsor for WMBT, and uh, I'll have to listen a little closer and make sure that they're bragging about oh, their farm to table. Wombat. That's right, 90.1. Yeah, we, we love the Wombat. Yeah, I, I think I heard uh, Quincy, or you guys were talking about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, Melden Law is a sponsor for uh, oh, Wombat. Yeah, and it's a really great uh, asset, a cultural good for, for Gainesville. I love how diverse it is, and you can listen to it pretty much with anyone in your family from any age and probably from any culture in Gainesville is going to have a point on there where they're going to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Are we allowed to, are we allowed to advertise other stuff? No, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, no, no. We, we're going to we're talk about everything. No, really, one of the functions that we have – I'm Melden Law and Friends is just to talk about what's going on uh, in North Central Florida and mm-hmm. get people, you know, this is a really exciting time of the year because we've got all these, you know, schools back in session. Everybody's back from summer vacation. Um, you know, no matter what you're doing, uh, whether it's sports related, school related or uh, not related to any of those things. Uh, now is really the rebirth every year of Gainesville. You know, at the end of August and uh, the beginning of uh, September, all of a sudden the town <laughs> comes alive, you know? Yeah, really, I, I, I've you know, been in Gainesville since 94, and August is kind of the, it's the start of the year. We kind of think, or a lot of Gainesvillians think of our year as, you know, late August to August is really our fiscal. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, school year has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that's got kids, if you're going on vacation, you know, a lot of times you go during the summer. Uh, the school is uh, uh, out of session except for summer A and B, which just have a small number of students. And just regular folks here, you know, we, we take off, you know. When I started my law practice back here in 1971, they closed the courthouse for the entire month of August. And all of the judge, they they had one emergency judge and they'd rotate between the judges. And they said, it's too friggin' hot in (laughs) August. We're going to close the courthouse and everybody can go to, actually, they'd either go to um, uh, Crescent Beach and St. Augustine Beach or to the uh, mountains in North Carolina. Not Ishnatechne? Well, yeah, no. So the Ichnitaki for those folks who couldn't afford to go to the mountains or have a place over That's the right. beach, right? Because yeah. the Ichnitaki was, I think it was free back then. And uh, when it's ninety-seven degrees out and you want to chill out, you go to the Ichnitaki River. We still do it, actually. That's yeah. that's just a blast. Every time I go, I wonder why I don't go. 10 times a summer because it's so good. We've already, I think we've been three times this summer. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, the Ichnatukne River uh, is famous because there's uh, lots of floats on the river and there's a strong current that goes uh, downstream and you, you have a raft. You can rent a raft and take it to the top and sometimes I'll put it in a, in a trailer and take it up for you and then you go down and then you leave it or vice versa and the water is uh so refreshing uh what is it 72 degrees I think it's 72 clear and then just between the cypress trees and if you go past dampier's landing in the second run there's a bunch of limestone little cutouts from just uh it's beautiful so those of you and and they let you still drink beer uh, on the run right i i can neither neither confirm nor deny that (laughs) is there a rule i think you have to have a stainless steel container for your water oh okay well there's a little of inside information bring your say actually melden law makes a stainless steel um a tumbler and and we we're gifting you one at the end of the show since you brought it up, and right. you you can proudly take it down on the Ishnatukne River, 
uh, and uh, drink your uh, water or whatever beverage is contained therein. Yeah. So anyhow, I want to ask you um, a little bit about um, the bull yep. uh, and and how to get started and why you're doing it and what's going on. Tell us about the bull. Oh my goodness! Is this how long is the podcast? Two hours? We got a long time. Okay, Go, keep going. Um, so uh, this story, I will truncate it. But the the bull was started by uh, two guys, Phil Hall and uh, a tree. Uh, they were putting it together starting in 2009. And it was completed January of 2011. Uh, in that time, I'd been involved in nonprofits after graduating uh, college at UF. Um, but then in 2008, uh, me and a friend of mine put together uh, a nonprofit to help encourage the arts and social causes that were happening in the community, and then partnering with local businesses as well. So to create this uh, amalgamation of uh, an experience for people that either maybe came for the music or the artwork, or the social cause, or they already liked the business, or the coffee shop, or the um, kind of more uh, uh, boutique kind of uh, bar experience or cocktail experience. And they, uh, when they would have all those together, it would be a couple hours long. People might learn about the social cause. Uh, they might find an artist, that, a visual artist that they would want to follow or hear music they never heard. The Bull was one of our favorite places to do these events. Um, and after doing them uh, every few months for a couple years, uh, around uh, 2014, January, uh, Phil had said, essentially, you seem to have a lot more fun um, running this bar than I do, and I would like to offer to sell it to you, which I thought was crazy because I uh, was and still am a community pastor, and I was like, I don't know, I mean, I don't mind uh, having a, a tumbler full of water. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, I didn't know if I could um, do both of these things in multi-career. So I tried that for a little bit, um, and I, I managed it for him for six months just to kind of get my feet wet. And then in 2015, we drafted a contract uh, for a full purchase, and I took it over. And it already was doing great things. It already was an amazing space that was created and put together by people in the community that had items like pews from a church that was restored, uh, 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 fireplace mantles from Louisiana after Katrina that were taken out and uh, the Bearded Brothers had uh, restored and sold. We have nine of those that we continue to have conversations around the fireplaces that had been in existence since probably pre-Civil War, at least all these moments of uh, that our, our nation has gone through and all the wars. So I love to think that we're continuing a legacy of having good conversations around those fireplace mantles. And they were doing live music. They had some people that, um, you know, Cole Miglis and other folks that had played local there, uh, a fellow named Terry Plumeri, who has passed, but he was a world-renowned uh, bass, bass player uh, for Jazz Nights. And we still do jazz every Tuesday now for over a decade with Jazzology. So there was legacy there that I felt would be a tragedy if it were to go away. And so part of that was impetus, and part of it was also it just, uh, I don't know how else to say this, but felt very right in my bones and for counsel and different mentors that I have um, in, in, in processing with them. It was very it was conclusive that this seemed like the next right step to do uh, in following my heart for loving our city, loving Gainesville, and creating cultural goods through the organization I was doing. Now I get to do that uh, in a lot of ways concentrated through this space. So you're still doing, you're still the pastor uh, yeah, community and, uh, pastor is just the way I love the community is I have a really great pub. And, oh, but we, okay. But through that, we do. I, we do know, I was of... reading something here that said something about uh, the Vineyard Church. Yep, yes. That you're, and tell us a little bit about that and uh, what your involvement has been over the years. Okay. So after graduating from college, um, or actually in the midst of graduating, I still had some electives to finish up, but... Uh, I was hired um, into an organization called Young Life, and then after that got uh, kind of recruited to uh, be uh, an associate and community pastor for the Vineyard Church, which was started across the street from where I live now uh, in a house because it started in the Jesus People Movement in the 1970s in California. Um, and I think if we're still doing it right, we're just uh, a lot of hippies that believe that love actually wins, and uh, we just... You know, put that as a benchmark. <laughs> well, I, 
My name back in the day was the Hippie Lawyer. So, all right. Uh, so, yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, we probably, I, I, we probably get along pretty well. Uh, <laughs> the more we, the more we talk. Anyhow, yeah. we're getting ready to take our first break here, um, and I wanted to, uh, you know, thank you for joining us. We're on Melden Law and Friends, and we're going to be back in sixty seconds. Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcomed by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. We are having a blast today. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and uh, we've been in the uh, North Central community serving folks primarily in the area of serious personal injury since 1971. If you ever have the need, please give us a call, uh, 352-373-8000, or go to our uh, website, meldenlaw.com we uh, would love to uh, help you out a lot of times we just get on the phone with folks chat with them for a few minutes and get them in the right direction and uh, their anxiety has gone away something that you probably did as a community pastor once in a while yeah i think that that's that's a nice marker you see anxiety moving away or are you creating anxiety you're probably doing it wrong if you're creating anxiety well usually people you know they know if they've got serious problems and they they seek uh, they seek out help and you know we're we're very proud that we've been members of the community and helping folks out for over 50 years so we're, we're very happy about that now um i've been to the bull um you know several times i love the bull i think uh you know you guys do a, a great job there thank you and uh it for me, <clears throat> it's very significant to see uh, what you're doing there and keeping um, both music and, uh, you know, the camaraderie that you get when you have good music yeah. uh, together. So uh, why don't you address that a little bit? Yeah, you, know, you kind of stumble upon this uh, if you're an appreci appreciator of music and live music, uh, that space that happens when you're uh, a lot of people are hearing a song that they all like. There seems to be uh, this all of a sudden the sense that we all know each other, right? But really, we're just appreciating that we are all enjoying that same moment. And uh, live music, um, you know, for the cover songs when that happens, does that. But also, one of the beautiful things that we get to celebrate at the Bull is uh, singer songwriters and personal. Uh, the personal journeys that people have experienced and write that Quincy was uh, alluding to earlier, some of the songs, you know, when they come and being able to share that, it's it's like someone, you know, sharing a memoir, even if it's just a snippet. And there's moments where we can connect with another human in their humanness, their creatureness, their journey. Um, also brings us together, I think maybe even a more unique way, especially when those folks have been living in the community and they might be responding or writing about things that are happening at a local level um, that help us to process things together. Um, you know, like downtown's changing quite a bit, and there's people on both sides that are on the spectrum of uh, not wanting any change uh, and people wanting all the change possible. And the, those places of tension are really where the most beautiful um, uh, collaborations and creativity happen. I think musicians. Uh, can help us get into that space when they communicate on both those ends. Well, I don't know if you know this, but um, back in 1974, I founded the Great Southern Music Hall, and there was not um, one uh, 
restaurant or bar down there that had music playing. Wow. And in, in a period of four and a half years, we created a vibrant music scene. Six months after we opened, Lillian's Music Store opened and started bringing in uh, live acts for the next 40-some years until they went to uh, DJs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have seen uh, the birth uh, or rebirth of downtown uh, in many ways. I, I wanted to mention that uh, I feel uh, that I miss a lot of old friends in restaurants such as like Leonardo 706. I don't know if you had ever been there on Monday or Thursday night. It was night. my first date with Emily was that in Gainesville was that Leonardo <laughs> you were trying to impress her I was I was <laughs> so those of you that have been around you knew that Monday and, and Thursday nights were great nights there and and they were they supported um not only musicians but artists you know they used to have rotating exhibits there and uh Steve, uh, Steve Solomon uh who was a uh, you know a, a very old um a uh, dear friend of mine, uh, you know, uh, decided that uh, they were going to, you know, close it. Mark Newman, his partner, had been, they had been there as partners for 20 or 35 years. And uh, before that, Steve and his, uh, his wife, Sandy, had run it. And that was a great resource for music. Yeah. Uh, right right um, uh, down the street from you, Emiliano's mm -hmm. uh, had music for many, many years. Uh, and the DePaz family uh, owned it. And, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, they, when COVID came, they, they closed. Actually, both... Uh, Leonardo 706 and Emiliano's close um, uh, right be, right at or before COVID. So yeah. The, yeah. we've lost some other things. Anna's Trattoria. I don't know if you ever saw went out there. They had a jazz night there. Uh, there yeah. uh, Nick, Nick DeCarlos used to play there. Okay. Uh, Francesca is over by my neck of the woods also closed, I think, during COVID. And they had a jazz yeah. night as well. Yeah. And we went from having pretty rich jazz culture to um i think it was just me for a bit there's a new place called baby jays that's um focusing on jazz it's on the new uh, university uh, side um next to like madrinas and crybabies well that's uh, great i mean you know i i've um seen a lot of um rebirth going on i think uh after covid i think we're gonna see it how did you survive covid it was uh, the love of the community. So thank you, everyone that loved the bull and either <laughs> wished me well or, or helped uh, financially or bought ridiculous amounts of gift cards that I think some of you have still not used. So come and use those because... Uh, we can afford for you to use, cash those in now. Yeah, come come on in. Yeah, we, but so I know that you you know uh, there were all kind of weird things going on. People mm. were selling beer. Yeah, um, you know because I think they did away with the um, ordinance that prevented you to have an open container. Right, they did and they and you know kudos to the city of Gainesville for experimenting and trying to find ways to help our downtown businesses as well. Because at one point. Uh, and including in Midtown, which is what we call the area across from the University of Florida. Uh, the city looked to shut down, uh, I think it was six different streets. They had more um, and then allowed businesses to say if they would want to take advantage of that or not. Uh, businesses that already had a good front porch scene uh, chose not to to help, you know, have parking. And COVID days, you know, you know, in the thick of it, everybody, we stayed outside. And our street uh, in front of us was one of the ones that is also shut down uh in this what was it now three thursdays ago the city has uh voted to approve a permanent shutdown to create a pedestrian promenade and so uh, design and those things is still not yet uh solidified but we'll be able mm. to take advantage of having a space uh don't know what they're going to do with the open container that's been um brought back to where you can't walk around at the moment but we'll have a space for uh, festivals and we already do you know we do salsa in the streets and quincy's Folk Festival. We're a part of the Fest Acoustic Show this year. We're going to be a beer garden for this uh, downtown arts festival. We do a big St. Patrick's party. We'll have so we're wanting to continue to include you know all of the folks and the diversity that Gainesville is and have those spots so that we can 
you know, be outside and have a good time. Well, it's a neat street um, that Jacob's uh, Bull is on. Um, across the street from you, I think there, I don't know if there, there used to be a pot shop. I think there. It's still there. It used to be the old Rice Hardware is what I heard. That's it. So Mike Rice is a good friend of my son and his dad and grandfather had Rice Hardware there since uh, at least the 1930s. Wow. And uh, it was a very, very successful hardware store. Uh, Actually, there was another hardware store that was on the corner of Main Street and your street uh, where the... uh, sushi restaurant is okay that and, and so uh that before home depot and lowe's there were hardware stores that people like true value to, yeah, yeah yeah they had a little they'd have a little toy section <laughs> i grew up in a small town so i got to experience probably a 20-year difference uh upbringing that you know people that are 20 years older than me experienced but you know we'll have people come to the bowl that uh, sometimes visiting and we just had a woman um, just last week. She goes, I got my first bike at Rice Hardware. It was red. <laughs> and, you know, people that remember what, um, you know, the, the bull was a Beasley and Williams furniture store, I think, till 1994 until Liz Fetty took it over and put in the Strand. But yeah. I love listening to people come in and just tell stories. And I'm like, tell me, you know, tell me more. Yeah, Liz used to cut my hair. Come on. <laughs> no, I knew. I've known Liz for, for forever. Uh, and that's what happened. So I want to encourage everybody to go check out the bull. Uh, Thank you. It's a really nice um, group of people. It's friendly. You know, you won't be intimidated, I promise you. And the beer is awesome. I, I checked out your menu before uh, coming on the podcast Ooh. here. And the beer selection is uh, is incredible. I mean, really uh, you know, Jacob has uh, obviously uh, gone to great lengths to make sure that uh, if you if you want some brew, you're going to have a yeah. wide selection. Yeah, and we have almost you know one of about eight different kinds of wines. We got about twenty non alcoholic options as well because to be a pub public house, you know, have to have a little something for everybody. Right. And then we, through the week, we've got open mic Mondays, jazz Tuesday, Wednesday, salsa bachata merengue in the streets on Thursday with free lessons. That's sponsored by uh, Gator Salsa. And we do some other sponsor oh, things with. Yeah. And, and so uh, who plays the music? Uh, once a month, we have Ramos Pinta plays live music with his band. Otherwise, uh, they have a, a DJ that plays out, out there. But uh, we'll have up to 200 plus people in the streets dancing that are from, you know, probably a third of them are, are patroning the bull and other spots. Uh, but it's just such good theater just to walk around downtown and see that much life and people from you know 15 different countries that are a part of uh part of that scene well i'm gonna have to uh bring uh my wife down my my wife my wife is cuban so yeah uh, i think lessons start at seven (laughs) at seven (laughs) o'clock and she'll she'll be teaching everybody she might might be putting in the advance and i don't know where you'll be yet i'll be having a beer that's right (laughs) i'll be why i i can dance but you know i'm i'm a um a creature of the age I grew up in, so I danced Jitterbug. Oh, man. Yeah, I love Jitterbug. We got a, a band, Decchio and the Newcombs, uh, father-son duet with Dave Marsh on drums this Saturday. They're going to be playing swing music, and they've got a vo- uh, vocals as well. So oh. maybe Saturday's your next visit. Saturday, or Thursday maybe. and Saturday. So what time? Let's go over again. Tell what's What are the, the good times to... You know, when the music is uh, rolling. Yeah, so uh, Mondays are open mic, singer-songwriter. We had two upright bass players uh, last night. Uh, that starts at 8. Tuesday is our later jazz at 9, outside. Wednesday, inside jazz at 8 o'clock. Thursday, lessons at 7, and then a social that follows till about 11 o'clock at night. Uh, Fridays, uh, once a month, we have Quincy that does a show called Local Voices, with uh, where he curates three musicians that are local singer songwriters. And Saturdays and Sundays, we do a lot of we do a lot of repeats on jazz, different uh, versions. Dan Step uh, has a, a new band that he's put together called Wirebirds. It's chamber folk, two violins, cello, bass, steel guitar, and two vocals, female and male vocal, and he plays rhythm guitar. And I tell you, like it's 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 difficult for me because when I'm there, I don't want to leave, but I also have a wonderful family at home. <laughs> so I try to get them to come out every once in a while. And then when I'm at home, I'm like, there's some really killer stuff going on down at the Bull. Um, What's the address for the Bull? 
18 Southwest First Avenue in downtown historic Gainesville. Okay, we're at the end of our show, but um, I want everybody to promise me they're going to check out the bull. It's a it's a great place, and it's exciting that they're going to make that into a permanent promenade because a lot of the great college towns I've seen have done similar things and really uh, created a, a fabulous atmosphere. I think uh, the new hotel opening up is going to bring more people downtown. Uh, lot 10, someday they might even develop Lot 10. One day. You never know. <laughs> Anyhow, thank you very much for joining us on Melvin Law and Friends, and thank you, Jacob Larson, thank you. our guest, uh, owner of The Bull. We'll see you next week on Melvin Law and Friends.